Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Double-O and decided it was time to duel. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler, professional tripwire enthusiast. <laughs> My name is Zach, and I can't think of anything funny <laughs> to say. Today we're watching episode 18 of Gundam Build Fighters, Bloodhounds. Which is kind of a dumb title, I think, but... I agree. Um, I guess there are things that they call hounds. Do we know what any of these things are actually called? Or are they based on anything? Uh, I mean, the Jim Sniper is. Well, yes. The 1144 Xeon Soldiers are. <laughs> I do love those. <laughs> I actually kind of liked this whole the this whole thing here. I just wish the guys driving it were more interesting and less just over-jobbing dicks. Because, like... The idea of somebody going into something like this and basically treating it like the 08 MS team style, like mm-hmm. manipulating, you know, manipulative and how do I win tactically is actually really cool to me. I think every idea in the episode is really good from that to the way that the Majin ends up winning. But I think a lot of the execution could be a little bit better, especially on the second more critical watch. There was a lot of stuff like, oh, I wish that worked just a little bit better. There was also, I, f- I feel like the Majin doesn't do a whole lot of, like, good fighting in this episode, which is, like, the thing he's supposed to be great at. He kind of but... gets bailed out by the writers. Yeah. Yeah, so if you haven't, if you're just starting now with episode 18 for some reason, Gundam Build Fighters is a story of Majin Kawaguchi, a <laughs> mysterious figure who wears sunglasses and is not Tatsuki Yuki. <laughs> he does not go to the same school as, say, Iori, or as the president of the model club there. Or is the school's president there either? He is the third in the line of Majin Kawaguchi's. The first one was really good at building Gumpla, and the second one was question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> He's best friend slash liaison is Alan. He's the leader of the PPSE works team who built him a cool camphor. You might say an amazing camphor. See, who else is, who, who, what other characters? Are? There's also Sei and Reiji who are his... Or, or I guess they were uh, Yuki's rivals, and they seem to think that he has something to do with them. There's uh, Isla Yerkeyainen, the Finnish champ and fracking magnate-sponsored member of Team Nemesis. There's also Ina, a mysterious white-haired girl. Oh, she's introduced a- this episode. We don't have to tell <laughs> people Oh, that's about fair. That's fair. Uh, there's <laughs> Tina, who is uh, Say's girlfriend, though they both blushed when I said that. There's Ramba Rall, you know, from Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> Mao, Mao's in this episode. That's true. Mao, he says rival. He's out of the tournament now. As of last week when Say and Reiji beat him. Um, I would mention Ricardo Fellini, but he's probably getting drunk because he's not fighting today. Misaki, who is an in-owner that Mao has a crush on, who came to cheer Mao on, and is now just awkwardly here because Mao has lost. <laughs> and uh, I don't think she appears in this episode, but Say's mom, Rinko, is in this series. Weird that we don't see uh, Majin Kawaguchi's family. Maybe he doesn't have one. <laughs> Let's see. Are there any other characters? Nils Nielsen may not be here. Might be here. I don't think he is. Oh, there's Long Dalala. He built a cool Beetleborg and is good at baseball. There's also the Mario Brothers. Yes. They, they're from they're the protagonists. Yep. Or are they Argentina? I think they might be Argentina. I think they're Argentina, yeah. They're, they're the Renato Brothers. They had a high gog and a Baku. A Baku tank. A Baku tank, yep. yes. I kind of wish there was another guy that had 
that was more than one person. Like another team. <laughs> I mean, there are kind of three, right? There's Saiyan Reiji, there's the Mario Brothers, and there's Meijin Kawaguchi and Alan. But yes, it does seem like everyone should have a plus one. I guess Isla has nine bathers. But we ha- we haven't actually seen like her register, like if he's actually on stage with her the way Say is with Reiji, the Renato brothers are both up there, and Alan is with Meijin. He has popped in to give her intel in a way that Say pops in to give Reiji intel before, so... I assume he's on stage. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, she always walks off stage alone. So maybe nine just gets out of the way. <laughs> also, it's a tournament. Obviously, we are now in the round of eight, the quarterfinals, if you will. Or I guess at the start of this episode, we're going to see one of the last this is, top sixteen matches, and we but, see the first of the round of eight. Yes, we, in this I episode, hadn't, we I hadn't realized that. Like I hadn't internalized that this was the first. Uh, this would be the first round of eight match. Don't know why, but I kind of assumed that it would probably be somebody else and not our main character here. Yeah, not our main character, Beijin Kawaguchi, following in the footsteps of great main characters like Sex Marquis. Yeah. So I guess he'll just suddenly turn evil for no reason at the end. And try and drop a colony on the planet. Uh, don't spoil it for Kevin. He's not listening. It's fine. Huh? He said he's not listening. It's fine. But he, he definitely was like, oh, I guess Zex is evil. Weird, since last episode, White Fang was like, want to be evil? And he was like, nah, not really. But I guess this is where we are now. Uh, Gundam Wing is an outstanding show. Listen in to my What's mind, a Gundam. Which fills in all of the stuff that they fucked up. Listen to What's a Gundam, where we can just stare at it and be like, I guess there are nine episodes left. Maybe the plot's going to start. Maybe. I don't know. But Jeremy, didn't they tell you about what was going on in the series at the beginning of every episode? Yeah. Uh, White Fang existed. And they stole a Death Star, and Relina is the queen. Requina, if you will. Uh, there are no queens in this uh, episode. Please tell me you're going to make him watch Endless Waltz when you guys get there. Oh, I'm making all four of us watch Endless Waltz. <laughs> you're not getting. What did out we of that. do? <laughs> you, this is what you deserve. <laughs> it's got wind in it. It's got the Talgies three, Zach. That guy has more names than I think anybody else. Does he have more names than Shar? No, Shar has four names that I can think of right now, and I feel like I'm missing one. Casavel Daikun. Uh, Edward Mass, Shar Aznable, Quattro Bagina. Yeah, it, it might just be four. I can't think of a fifth one for that guy. Unless you count Full Frontal, but he's a clone of Shar. <laughs> I, I kind of want to just go to Shar's page and see, because they have like an AKA section. So if you count the Red Comet, that's a fifth one. Because Zex Marquis, Zex Marquis, Miliardo Peacecraft. And Wind. Wind, the Lightning Count. Yeah, that, but that's a Red Comet. You, if you give him the Lightning Count, you have to give Shar the Red Comet. For whatever reason, I thought he had another one. But no, it's because Milliard of Peacecraft goes from being Milliard of Peacecraft to being Milliard of Peacecraft, but he's actually Milliard of Warcraft. Yes. Milliard of drop a colony on these guys' craft. No, just the four. Um, although, this has the Red Comet as one of the four, so I don't know. I'm I don't really trust torn. the Wiki Those are anymore. both really good nicknames. The Red Comet and the Lightning Count. I'm not sure which one I like more. So we're going to go watch episode 18 of Gundam Build Fighters, Bloodhounds. You can watch along on Crunchyroll if you like. And if you enjoy Majin's Kawaguchi, I recommend that you do. We start on the Abrigabine, and Luang is getting sniped at by a sniper. And he's like, that's okay. I got missiles. I'll just destroy the entire cliff face. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Because there's no kill quite like overkill. What firing accuracy as they've missed me twice. He's just good at dodging. Yeah, Zach, always big up your opponent to get yourself over. Never insult your opponent, then it makes you look like you're just an asshole beating up a weakling. <laughs> but the gym sniper K9 avoids the missile fire and goes into a canyon. And Luang is like, ha, you activated my trap card. Close combat. But Mario is like, hey, just hold the, him for 20 seconds on our rifle. 
And Wong is like, why will my beam scythe not cut through this rifle? Usually <laughs> rifles explode if you look at them funny in this series. <laughs> but then the gym uh, sniper K9 pulls two. Why can't I not think of that? Like weak-ass pistols? They're like little pistols like the, uh, what's it called? The yeah, Dynamis. Dynamis carried. Yeah. So and Long is uh, pretty overconfident as he's not going to break a sweat getting into it. And then all of his limbs blow up. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, someone wished that he broke a leg when going into this competition. And he did. And an arm. And another leg. So it looks like the gym sniper has like a gun on its shoulder. Is that just like a knife or something? I think it's a knife. Yeah. It might be a beam saber, too, because we see it draw a beam saber in the next battle. So basically, this is just showing what actually happened at the end of the last ep- the after the credit scene in the last episode, just in more detail. What happened is Mr. Luong lost to the Super Argentinian brothers, who are jerks. Let's a go. Uh, then we get our opening sequence. Knowing what the explanation for why it exploded, to like... How big are Gundams supposed to be compared to humans? I don't actually have a good sense of scale. It kind of varies because if you look at the different series, the wing Gundams are actually much, much smaller. Yeah, if we were at my place, I'd pull out one of my 1144 pilot figures and put it next to one of my Gunpla, but we're not. Most of those come up to about like the ankle of a Zaku. Okay. So what I'm going to say is I'm surprised no one noticed this happening. No, see, that's so- I, I have an inherent problem with that. Just because they go through so lang- so many lengths to hide it and somebody should have noticed this when they did it the first time. Certainly someone should have noticed when watching video later. Yep. And studying. Like, it shouldn't have been a big mystery. Because everybody notices when it happens later. I shouldn't say everybody, but all the main characters notice. Honestly, it would make, it would make a lot more sense if they'd done something different the first time. Yeah. I was going to say something fun happened where Crunchyroll just started playing episode 18 of Try instead of build fighters for me, and I watched the intro of it, and it's about a series of triplets who look vaguely like these brothers, and I thought it was their dramatic backstory about why they're evil assholes, because that's basically what the opening of episode 18 of Try is. Um, Except there are three of them. I'm like, oh, does one of them die at some point? Is that why they're assholes? And then, let me guess, it started actually playing the full opening, and you're like, wait a minute, this is the long series? Yeah, then it started playing the intro. I'm like, we're getting another intro? Who are these people? Uh, To be fair, that second uh, Field Fighters try opening slaps. It's great, yeah. Um, But there was a distinct lack of Saiyan Ragey in it. Uh, There isn't, actually. (laughs) That's why I was confused. So it's dusk, I guess twilight, at Gumpla Stadium. Where and Fellini is talking to Ramba Rall of all people about how the Renato brothers are boring Wong Dalala, and they had been boring up to that point. Yeah, they're boring nine characters thus far, but they beat Luang Dalala. And Ramba Law's like, they were probably sandbagging. <laughs> it makes sense. And Fellini's like, too bad they're up against Majin Kawaguchi. The third. Okay, so we get an excellent uh, scroll of tweets, Gundam specific tweets. This is like a Gundam message board. I like how there's like it's like a Zaku Monowai, then like a Gundam, then the Monowai, and then a Haro. But this is easily my favorite. Is the camper amazing because he's amazing? (laughs) (laughs) I misread that one. The different one. I I like how down here. They have, in the anime, the camper's armor was shit, <laughs> but they must have come up with something. Also, the logical question, how many weapons does he have in those <laughs> containers anyway? I do dislike that the thing about the armor being shit has 45 million retweets, while the, the excellent pun only has 35 million. So anyway, the Renato brothers, or one of them is like, no one can tell which is which, they're twins. One of them is like, oh man, everyone's tweeting about the Majin, not us. And the other one's like, 
yeah, that'll just make it even more shocking when we beat him. Like As I'm time, drinking champagne. Like that time Isla Yerkeinen defeated Carlos Kaiser. <laughs> Two of the most fun names you can possibly say. I mean, I'm not sure why they went out of their way so much to make these guys so unlikable because every other, it actually might be the reason. Every other character is much more likable as a, like, we want to, like, see more of them. Like, because even when Luang Dalala came up, like, he's kind of presented as, oh, he's going to be this big problem. And then he just starts fanboying at Saiyan Reiji. These guys are just like, yes, yes, we're dicks. Yeah, the closest is, like, Nils Nielsen, right? But he's not like, I'm a dick. He's like, I'm kind of socially awkward and not here to make friends. My problem with these guys is, given their character design, I wanted them to be way campier than they are. They're, they're like, not even fun villains no, is see, the problem. I, I like the fact that they aren't campy because of the way they're going about winning in, and trying to win in this. Because they're taking it way more seriously than everybody else's. And they've found, like, they aren't manipulating the Plavsky particles. They're using shit nobody else has thought of. They're using stuff like the 08th MS team style tactics in this gunpla fight. And I really like that idea of, oh, where well, here's all the gunpla stuff. We can use the small pilots to really screw with people. I'm really sad they don't use a 1-144th Kiriyamato. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be in theme with their... Uh... I know. I think it's fine that they're so villainous. It's weird that they... like. So far, they've been basically non-characters, right? They're a little villainous in the race, but they're also just taking the opportunity, right? They don't do anything out-and-out heelish there, except for beat Saiyan Reishi. It's weird that they're doing it so late in the game when they will not be appearing again. They're not going to hang around like Mao and be like, Sup, Majin, we're your friends now. So it seems weird to do it at this stage in the game. Uh, speaking of Mao, we cut to him practicing his Team Rocket intro. <laughs> He's still hanging around with Saiyan Reishi. Where he's like, I have no time to mope, but I'm going to hang around here until the tournament's over. <laughs> I love Reiji's response to Mao here. Because Mao's like, hey, I'm going to stick around forever because I'm a main character. Ask me if you need anything. It does have that like hanging out with your TCG friends sort of feel of like, yeah, well, I lost, but you're still in. So I'll hang and watch. And then we cut to the Starbuild Strike. And I love the details on their cutting mat of all the little plastic nub that has been shaved off. As someone who does a lot of modeling, that is what they look like after two <laughs> minutes of modeling. And that is one of the knives I can't use because if I do, I will probably hurt myself. <laughs> I love Mal goes, by the way, do you know where I'm off to? And Rage's immediate response is, who cares? I love that. <laughs> but say humors him. He's like, I've got a date at the Hobby Center with my girlfriend. And then he awkwardly shuffles out of the room and leaves him a roll. And both Saiyan Rage are like, that dude is fucking weird. <laughs> but he's really happy. Mao's really happy and still annoying. Cut to Say telling Cheetah that he is on a date in front of the Archangel Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're hanging out in front of this cafe talking about the, the date and Cheetah gets all starry-eyed. Yeah, her eyes get huge. <laughs> and Say awkwardly like asks her out. It's he, great. It's he's adorable. so close. So close, but then a wild Isla appears. No, this is Ina. I'm sorry, Ina appears, our favorite new character. You're like, ah, oh, man. Nerding out about food. It's <laughs> I love this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, isn't that that girl we're shipping Reiji with? And so she sees them, and then it's like, oh, I have to act, act normal. Do I know you? And like, oh, sorry, you were with our friend Reiji the other day. And she's like, what? No one is supposed to know that I see that boy sometimes. Then that boy shows up. And he's like, hey, wait a minute, I know you. You are now going to be a part of our uh, our little group here as we go out to eat. Whether you like it or not. So Say's like, yo, I'm Say. This is my classmate, Chena. 
Ragey's like, I don't have a last name, but I'm Ragey. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I know. Ragey, Ragey. And then so she's like, okay, my name is Ina. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Isla Yurkiainen, your foe in the tournament. And Say gets super excited that she has the name of the main character of the OHMS team. I guess the heroine. Doesn't turn out great for her, but I guess it turns out better than a lot of Gundam heroines, actually. Doesn't, she survives. <laughs> yes. D- nobody knows that she survives. They fake her death, but she does survive. And gets married, if I remember right. I don't remember if they're actually married or if they're just together. Well, they're definitely together. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, so she is like, wait, that's cool. Um, and <laughs> I love Reggie is like, I didn't know your name. And she's like, yeah, that's because I never told you. And Sheena's like, so did you come to watch the Gumpla Battle Championship? And she's like, um... Well, as long yes. as I'm lying, I might as well lie about that. And then Rachel's like, hey, you told me earlier that you hate Gunpla. And then so she's like, well, my friend dragged me along. Despite the fact that y- you've never actually seen... <laughs> uh... So Reggie, being Reggie, is like, do you even have any friends? And she's like, what's that supposed to mean? We're going to fight now. This is how they flirt. Anyway, they get angry at each other. In order to defuse the situation, Sheena's like, why don't we Food? get dessert? <laughs> I love how aggressive they are about uh, about agreeing to have food. <laughs> yeah, saying Sheena's reaction to them screaming, yeah, sweets, is like... Mm. I kind of have the feeling also that's one of those things where it's like, oh man, God made two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Majin Kawagachi watching some film, trying to figure out why the Abrigabine exploded. Yeah, like this, this film should have shown how they did it. Somewhere, I mean... We don't know what the angles are. I presume the bombs were already on them when they got to this point. Well, the thing is, like, from what it presented and what it shows us kind of later, when he says that 20 seconds, that's when they should have been planting the charges. So they should have shown up. Yeah, I guess that makes the most sense. My headcanon would be maybe they were on a time delay. They they put time bombs on, so the delay was in 20 seconds. That's when they're going to go off. But, but it was the uh, how far away he was before. Like, that's the only point it makes sense for them to have set the charges. Well, we do know that they have a transport for their... <laughs> but the transport is yeah, conspicuously true. on the thing's back. It's true. So Alan's like, yeah, they definitely couldn't have destroyed the joints without ha- with those puny handguns. And they don't have any funnels or bits or kibble. It's, it's like, like magic. Because apparently they had, they had cloaking devices on in that game. It was just really good camo, Zach. It's in the forest, not the city. They have forest camo. <laughs> so, but the mage is like, there's a cause and effect for everything, even magic and sorcery. You have to like say some magic words and pinch them back, Guano, or something. We just have to figure out the trick. I welcome this. As a mage, I want people I can fight seriously against and win. <laughs> Alan's like, your sunglasses are upside down. And then I can have a chance at actually fighting my rivals and not these losers. Cut to the brothers being like, hey, we can't hold back tomorrow. And one of them's like, dude, it's just like, it's not like we're facing Machin Kawaguchi the second. This guy is a scrub. <laughs> Which would make a lot more sense if we knew literally anything about the second besides he existed. But then and was like, why do these guys seem to hate him so much? And, like, knowing what I do about the second Majin Kawaguchi, it would make sense these guys would look up to him. But as you said, Zach, we know, as the audience, know nothing about the second When Majin. do they put in any explanation Later. for that? Later. Later after I've these seen, guys are gone? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is What I know from future in the series, it makes sense that they would look up to him and their character. But that's not revealing at all to us now. It's a weird thing to, like, use this as foreshadowing because it doesn't feel like foreshadowing. It just feels like... They're just like, yeah, this guy sucks. We hate that Captain America is a black guy now. (laughs) 
and we'll show him a you'll give him a taste of our battle. No, our war games. Yeah, I was summer. Gonna... <laughs> Cut back to uh, the sweet couple, sweet shop <laughs> where Ragey and Isla, or sorry, Ragey and Ina have eaten like forty bowls worth of sweets. I do feel like they both just get hangry, I think is what's happening. <laughs> I, I do love how like they have the same expression as they're eating. Tina says they're very much alike, and they both have the exact same timing and expression when they say, did you say something? Anyway, then a moping wild Mao appears. Like, you guys look like you're having a good time. <laughs> and says, like, where did you come from? We didn't even walk through tall grass. <laughs> and she is like, weren't you on a date? And he's like, yeah, but my aggressive style didn't work out. I Ricardo Fellini did too hard. <laughs> and then I looked we, up to the wrong guy when it came to relationships. So anyway, he tried to sound of a to sound of music her, and it worked out okay at first. But then he went after her lips first and got shot down because she's a shy <laughs> traditional Japanese girl and was not ready to make out as the first thing on a date. <laughs> so Mao gets slapped. She gets offended and runs away, and uh, that was their date. Chino looks kind of like <laughs> stunned, and uh, Say looks like kind of sheepish. And Reiji is just, you know, he's he's blunt, and he just goes, it's your fault. And I was like, can't you, like, go easy on me a little? You're and so insensitive. And I was like, ah, I, I believe cute. you mean Ina. Yeah, Ina's like, like, oh, man, these, <laughs> these people are such good friends, and this is nice. This is nice. This is niece. <laughs> this is my I, niece, Mao. <laughs> I was going to say this is neat, but then my brain was like, no, that doesn't make as much sense. So nice. And then my mouth said niece. Well, Zach, you'll be happy to know the episode title is now This is Niece. <laughs> no, the one time you won't fix my faux pas. So cut to tomorrow where Fellini isn't here, but Say and Reiji are. And, and uh, like, Reiji has a, like, a coffee cup. And everyone's like, the Majin's definitely going to win, though. And Mao apparently uh, out there and say is afraid to talk to him also also not appearing in this episode says mom <laughs> she is going shopping and this depresses mr raw yeah i like how disappointed he is so the first quarterfinal match is Majin kawaguchi versus the renato brothers do 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 oh they, they don't get the cave theme do 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 in the battle of mobile suits that are not main character mobile suits. And uh, then we don't get night. Who knew that Fire Flowers came with sniper powers? Apparently the Renato brothers. Anyway, hello and welcome to episode 18 of Gundam Build Fighters. We're kind of reaching the home stretch, actually, and it's pretty exciting. I don't know. I like this series. I'm not sure if it's like the best Gundam series. In fact, I'm absolutely sure it's not. But also at the same time, it is just a wholesome, enjoyable watch, which is maybe not what a lot of people come to Gundam for, but it does sell all those playsets and toys. Anywho, uh, pluggy time um, over on our Patreon, which just released March's bonus episode, which is us talking about the Daniel Craig Casino Royale, which was actually a ton of fun to record, I think. And I had fun re-listening to parts of it. So if that sounds like a thing that is up your alley, you can head over there and for $5 a month, you can listen to stuff like that and also get all of our episodes early. This one, for example, came out a whole week ago. Anywho, I, e I think that's as much of a plug as I'm going to do, um, as always. As always, you can stop over at our Discord or at our website, lastpodcast.com. And catch up with us in other ways. Alright, I think this is as much plugging as I'm capable of right now. 
Let's get back to the fight and do 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 it. <laughs> It is Federation versus Zeon, though. The Gym Sniper versus the Camp for Amazing. The Gym Sniper assisted by Zeon soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe it was a captured Gym Sniper. I like how when uh, the Majin puts in his thing, it's a, the builder is PPSE Works team. Yep. Look, yeah, I have credit to all of them. Can't just be Alan hogging it all. And they're on the Field 7 wet ruins. <laughs> there is actually a very cool transition, I feel, from the Camp for Amazing launching to him going through the ruins. Yeah, as the weather effects happen. Yep. Imagine Kawagi, she's like, well, as they are the gym sniper K9, I bet they're going to snipe me. So the sniper points are there, there, and there. I'm going to blow them up. I love how Alan is like, okay, here are the three points they can snipe us from. And it's like, Oh, you mean the three really tall buildings in this area? Huh, I never would have thought that one through. Yeah, so uh, his strategy is blast the shit out of all three locations and see what happens. You know, you'd think given all the thruster packs he has and the fact that they're a sniper, just use the thruster pack, run over to one of them, smash your way through it, find if they're there. If they're not, go to the next one. The only problem is then you expose yourself to fire, right? Well, based on the fact of how they're looking at him, he's already exposed. And since he's picking one, firing at it, if he, if they're at the other one, they could just shoot him in the back. They've but, got a clean shot at him right now. But instead they decide to send the hound, which detaches from their backpack and is a doggo. A laser With doggo. With a gun on it. And that hovers instead of walking for some reason. Look, do you want to articulate legs that move on joints that are also a backpack, Tyler, at 144 scale? I'm just saying at that point, can it be a tripod or a tank? I mean, I do like this thing. But that's K-9. <laughs> Fair. I do like the thing as a as an idea. So Chino's like, Mr. Rawl, how many licks does it get take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a sniper building? And Rob Rawl's like, I don't know. <laughs> the, the major is just attacking all the sniping points, trying to flush it out. That's not how you flush something out. <laughs> well, if the entire building can fall apart at some point. although that, we- Then you, if you want to do that, Get your beam sabers and go charge the base of the building and then just cut it down like you're cutting down lumber. We do see the sniper drawing a bead on the camphor. Though it waits until the canine, is, or until its dog is in position to take the shot. I feel like use the dog to shoot first, but whatever. I mean, then you, like, he's expecting a shot from up high. So, like, they oblige that and get his attention and then use the dog as a distraction. And take his, ri- they hit his rifle as he ditches it. But it's okay because he has weapon pods with more rifles. I think he's got the beam Uzis. And apparently his face can tank a sniper shot. Yeah, I'm not sure how that one worked. But his leg cannot. The dog shoots off the uh, one of the containers for his other guns. So he has to land and dodge into an alley. And Alan's like, hey, you can't get up to them, so bring them down to us. So he takes out his rocket launcher and just starts shelling the building, which succeeds in finally fleshing out the canine. And he charges after them with one of the beam Uzis. And just completely misses. They miss in return, though. Well, I guess they don't miss. I, they, I feel like it's part of a plan to force him into a tripwire, which causes a huge explosion. Which, 
when did they have time to set this up? I have no idea. To be fair, that's also Alan is like, how do they do this so fast? They then trap him into yet another tripwire, but he manages to sacrifice one of his containers to block their shot and escape the death alley they have lured him into. And Alan's like, hey, you know that dome from Mobile Suit Gundam that they blew up Garma's Gao from? That's over there. Take cover there. And And it's not a bad option, but the Majin guesses what Alan does, and that's exactly where they wanted him. And they're like, release the hounds, by which I mean the Xeon soldiers. That the ha- <laughs> And then we see from the backpack hound, another troop transport takes <laughs> off. And apparently they can't, the, the way the screen is, they can't see what's going on. Saiyan Rage, you can't see what's going on from outside. So they go to find another angle. So Alan and the Majin start trying to come up with a plan. And Alan's like, it's good. They can't use their numbers to their advantage here because they'll have to come through that small space. And you have an edge in this tight of a spot. And the Major's like, no, this is obviously a trap. So we have to be on our guard. And we see the troop transport pulling up to one of the holes in the ruins and starts just playing a bunch of Xeon jetpack soldiers, which Reiji sees immediately with his good eyes. Again, must have been one of those things that, why did nobody else see this before? Well, Reiji's got the good eyes and he didn't watch the first battle. But again, it feels like the Majin should have seen it on tape. Yep. Unless and like because, there was no angle of it because the spectators didn't catch it is the only thing I can But the other thing of. is like there's an alert for Alan here that Luong didn't get. So is it just a matter of like they have a sensor for that now that Luong didn't? That would actually make sense to me. But it's 144 of the Xeon soldiers setting charges. <laughs> I, I actually kind of love. love how they look like just plastic army men. Yep. Yep. And Majin's like, oh, I get it now. They put bombs on my joints. And so the brother's like, time to detonate. We'll turn him into an explosion. And Gina's like, what happened? And Ra's like, they sent bombs. Someone set him up with the bomb. That's probably what happened against Luang Dalala, too. This isn't Gumpla battle they're playing. Yeah, Although, they're playing to win. I feel like Ramba Rall, Mr. Let's board the white base because we didn't get any doms and <laughs> fire the machine guns at them. Should be the last person to get to criticize them for these tactics. Oh, wait, this is Rawlson. Totally different character. It's kind of funny. There's actually rules in Battletech for swarm attacks, and that's basically what they're for. That's what they do is they're crawling up mechs and slamming like C4 charges into leg <laughs> joints and stuff. So the Jim K9 goes in, but its gut is immediately destroyed by the camphor, which starts getting up through the flames. And they're like, hey, how did it survive? And why does it look so cool with all the fire behind it? And they're like, wait, they put grease on the joints. <laughs> and Alan's like, yeah, we didn't know what you did to Long's joints, but we knew it was something. So they were like, why not put grease on our joints? So <laughs> nothing would stick to them. That's oddly specific. <laughs> but then we get a flashback of all the bombs falling off and exploding behind the camphor. Anyway, the Majin's like, okay, well, that was a dumb magic trick. Time to end this and blows away the Jin Th- Sniper's this pistols. This is kind of the silliest thing because he's obviously got an advantage in a gunfight. Yep. So he decides to no longer be on the gunfight. And charges them. I don't know if his Uzi's strong enough to finish them or not, but they do dodge when he gets in close. And then just punch them. <laughs> and says like, oh man, suddenly they're fast. Did they put a Trans Am on that gym? And Ronald's like, Ronald's like, no, they only like Universal Century stuff. It's the exam system. <laughs> Can you explain the exam system to me? Because I don't know shit about this. So imagine a new type was in a coma and you trapped its soul and put it in a AI computer. 
Okay. It's basically the Zero System, but it's the, the suffering soul of a new type girl. Okay. The Zero System is very based on exam, though. So the Renara bros are like, oh, of course we would save our trump card till the end. What do you do to build a Gumpla such that the Plavsky particles give it this? I mean, there might be a part for like the cockpit or something. A lot of oh, Gumpla have fair. like cockpit models you can do. But that is a good question. Like, how would you give it Transam? Do you yeah. just give it a Jan drive? Yeah, I, I'm not sure how exactly you would do that. So the K9 has the advantage in close combat once it activates the exam system. The Camphor gets rid of one of its beam sabers, but it still has a backup, and they are saber clashing. And the Renato brother's like, you don't deserve the name of Majin. Yeah, they start taunting him. We'll prove it when we beat you. Majin Yuke. And Yuki's like, a war? This isn't war. It's a gumpla battle. And they're like, a peace-spoiled brat like you can't understand real war. It's like, are you better? Did you fight with Ralsan in the war? <laughs> that wasn't in your backstory, what little we got of it. Is there a big gumpla war in Argentina? <laughs> but the Renato brothers destroy the Majin's last container and start stabbing at it. But not doing enough damage to knock the camphor out. Just flesh wounds. As it now has to dodge the hound with the artillery cannon on it, as well as the beam saber. Yeah, this is actually a really cool shot of the camphor speeding backwards through the street. Unfortunately, it there's a near miss from the hound that blows it onto its stomach, all belly flop style. I hadn't noticed this originally, but I think they actually did a pretty good job here. Because he lands right next to a fountain we've already seen before. Yep. yep. And so Alan starts despairing that, like, oh, no, we're going to lose. And the Majin gives an excellent shonen speech. It's like, some things in our lives we leave to fate. Some things are like dramas without a script. But the outcome of this fight is inevitable. I have already won. <laughs> so he boosts, and we see the camphor, like, gliding across the ground, headfirst into said fountain, uh, which earlier we did see when one of the weapon containers dropped into that. And there's a big smoke. Big and smoke. he's got a minigun. <laughs> and the runner was like, wait, what? And they are so stunned, they get minigunned. Or, and by that, I very much mean minigunned. <laughs> I love the shot of the minigun firing and just the spent casings flying yep. next to it. And the shot of the uh, the Camp for Amazing's like, mono-eye glaring over the gun's barrels. It's the, really cool. The gym sniper is torn apart. But the fight's not over because apparently it's not over until you get all of somebody's machine. I mean, we've seen that before mm -hmm. with uh, Say and Reiji's ev evacuation jet and Yuki's Voltron jet. <laughs> so the hound comes in to try and finish him off. Well, first we get the uh, Ocean's Eleven of how this happened. Uh, but suddenly Yuki knows how to roll, g rolls over to a beam rifle that absolutely also fell here. And he, Yuki is like, this isn't war. It's Gumpla battle. The thing is, we saw the beam rifle fall here, and presumably the minigun was in the container. Yep. Yeah. Because we'd seen, the, we'd seen the rifle itself, but not the minigun. Rifle goes right through the canine, and hey, that's the end. You don't have to kill every one of those soldiers with your Vulcans. <laughs> that would be a little gruesome. All right, so I'm going to be here for the next 20 minutes searching for these damn soldiers <laughs> to minigun each and every one of them. Or step on them. Yeah, because the camper doesn't have Vulcans. So the Renato brothers are like, ah, oh, this is where our war ends, I guess. And Alan's like, thanks, Kawagachi. If you weren't the fighter, we couldn't have won. No one else would have gotten back to that fountain. <laughs> but and the Majin is like, I'm mad at myself for letting it get this bad. I do really like the shot of the camphor just like laying on the table with all of its guns around. I'm like, 
it kind of drives home one these are toys two how did that minigun fit into one of those pods well if you see some of the can the containers especially that one it's actually really wide on the backside where it like actually hinges to the to the machine the one i'm more confused by is how exactly did that big ass rocket launcher fit into one of those containers <laughs> i gotta assume they like snap together or something but saying rage you're like man that was a cool fight yuki sure is pretty cool even though he's grumpy about it but we don't know that rage is like yeah that's good we'd lose our edge if we didn't have such a good rival right say he's like yeah let's go Luckily, he's on the other side of the bracket, so we get to face him in the finals. We just have to knock our way through everybody else with a name. Not everybody. Yeah, some, I will take care of Fellini for us. Or vice versa. <laughs> uh, yes, but man, would that be disappointing. And that's the end of the episode. But wait, there is in fact more. And by more, I mean Baker Chan. Remember her? Be like, hey, Chairman, uh, so San Reiji won again. But by the time you get back, they'll definitely have lost because next they face the early genius who is also a samurai boy. (laughs) (laughs) They won't win this time. They definitely don't have the writers on their side to beat him. He's been meditating in his room this entire time, preparing his attack. How could he possibly lose? That's the end of the episode. (laughs) Uh, So what did you guys think of this one? I mean, I think it's a pretty cool fight. Like I said, I really like the fact that they went outside the box here by using like the little infantrymen and the self-propelled artillery. I also like that we're starting to integrate Isla into the like main character group. It's no longer just the meat bun chronicles of Reiji and Isla. Exactly. Now they get a double date and now it can be the fifth sad wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a high point, Tyler? I mean, it's got to be the dumb fountain scene. Um, It's pretty good. (laughs) Also, just the animation on that minigun was incredible and watching the gym get torn apart. Someone put a lot of care into that. Zach? Hmm, That's the, that that was my, mine as well. I think I might have to go from the first half of the episode and go with Isla absolutely just like having her little nerd out over the sweets in the window. I'm going to go with the Majin coming from the fire and then out pistoling them. He's like, hey, my pistol is way better than your two pistols. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Flabbergasted Luane Dewalla. Um, <laughs> Zach? Was that actually? Okay. Yep. yep. I, I, it felt like there was supposed to be more behind that statement. So. No, just like he's he's in shock and is like, oh, no, my thing blew up and no one knows how. Uh, just that, that whole conceit, I think. Of just nobody knows how, basically. I think my low point here might be like the fact that these guys are so like they're so cardboard cut out. Everybody else has at least gotten something to back them up. Like Luong didn't really get anything, but even the episode he was a antagonist in as silly as it was, they gave us a minor conceit of he was, he's a professional baseball player. So that's why we did the baseball thing, which is more information than we've got out of about these guys. And they're trying to reference these guys is having some kind of grudge against the Majin. And they're at war, Zach. So it's it feels forced in a way I don't think they meant it to. Yeah, I mean, this is slight spoilers, but going forward, the series is kind of divided into Majin Kawagichi episodes and Saiyan Reiji episodes for the rest of the tournament. And Saiyan Reiji kind of get all the characters we've developed and set up to do stuff with, with Mao, obviously, and Nils, and either Ricardo or Isla at the end. Who could it possibly be? <laughs> Whereas the Majin has to go through a bunch of nobodies. And 
the bad news is the Renato brothers are the character he faces that have gotten the most screen time by far. <laughs> yeah, because I think of all the other names that are on there, we haven't actually seen any of them on screen. Well, we've seen Patrick Mannequin because we watched a different show, but spoilers, <laughs> he does not face Patrick Mannequin in the semi or quarterfinals. Quarterfinals? Semifinals. What was your low point, Jeremy? My low point is Rob Baral being like, they're not playing Gumpla Battle. I get what they're going for, but like you said, Zach, it's kind of cool, all these tactics they're going for. And it seems like Ramba Rall is the last person, like I said, who should be criticizing prepare to propel borders. Since he's the guy who took a machine gun and pointed it at a bunch of four-year-olds and was like, I, I don't want to shoot four-year-olds. And Clamp was like, hey, we're putting a bomb on here to get in. Please move so you don't blow up four-year-olds. Why are there four-year-olds on this warship? Yeah, it, it's just weird because like they're not playing Gunplay. It's like clearly they are working on something because they're still operating within like the idea of Gundam, whereas everybody else is at the point of how do, we, <laughs> how do we break the system? Like how do we exploit the Plasky particles? And they're like, yes, it's not the Gundam on Gundam. It's tactics. <laughs> yeah, how do, how do you shonen a tactic, Zach? They don't want a 1v1. They want to play the damn numbers game. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't work against shonen protagonists or rifles. Oh, what was the guy's name? The perfect rival for them. Shit. John Cena? No, it was the guy that was like, I am the grand tactician, and he had a whole bunch of like <laughs> drones with him that Rage and Say fought. Oh, I completely forgot about that guy. But I yeah. know his character design because he had one, because all, even the most minor character doesn't this. But I also, guy who Ilo was like, they're going to beat him, even though they're in their crap Gundam. Yep, and then they won off screen. No, and then they then they showed us the fight. We we got to see the fight. Oh, and they man, went off screen, and then we flashed back to the winning on. It's kind of <laughs> like how the beginning of this one operated. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? Um, it's got to be Yuki. I'm sorry, Mage and Kawaguchi. Runner up is Isla for me, though, definitely. Zach, hmm. You know, I think I'm gonna actually go a little bit sideways here, and despite the forcing of it, I think I'm actually gonna go ahead and give it to the Renato brothers. I want to protest that that is two characters, but I also they're indistinguishable from one another. <laughs> that is so I think I I'll allow it. <laughs> That's why I cannot say one or the other because I don't know their fucking names. Well, there's Mario and Juliano, I think. Julia, I think it's yeah, it's Mario and I want to say Julio, but at any rate, they kind of operate as one character. Like, it's not a matter of uh, certain other characters who are kind of joined at the hip who split off and kind of get their own characters. Here, they are one character with two bodies. And so. I think that's why we don't see more teams, like, even though you were saying you wanted to. The show already has so many characters. You almost have to double it if there's a builder for all of them, even if it makes sense. I mean, I would like to see it because I think it's a kind of a cool idea, but that is the problem for if you have multiple main characters who have builder driver duos because otherwise you end up in the situation like these guys are where it's yes there are technically two bodies but they are one character unit i also feel so. like that's why they don't no one ever calls out that saying ragey or like unique in that is because i think the writers of the show understood that that would not be a wild plane to have but also character economy needed to happen well, having also having the uh the majin have a team behind him reinforces the idea and having just the one team other than them in the tournament operating like this reinforces the idea that this is not a unique thing but yes it is a storytelling kind of a storytelling conceit where they're really the only ones were shown because character concision accordion <laughs> Pe I, there, people who can't see what zach I, is doing don't that doesn't make any sense to but no i my brain said compaction 
or compacting, but that is the wrong word. Economy is the word that's, I would use. That's the word it's I could also, come It's up also with. the word we have used several I times already. I <laughs> know my brain was just like, get out of here with that. That's very borne out by Gundam Build Fighters Try, the series where it's all team of teams of three, and there are a lot of Renato brothers and uh, teams that have one character and his two guys standing behind him that say lines sometimes. <laughs> where they are basically just one character unit with three bodies. I, are yeah. the triplets that I accidentally The, the triplets are like definitely that. the Renato brothers. Yep. Right. Um, so who is your MVP, Jeremy? The Majin. Do we want to add the Jim Sniper K9 to our mobile suit list? Yeah, sure. I actually kind of like this thing. I do it's, too. It's very understated and simple, and I really like that. Do we have like a super grunt on the list? I can't think of uh, Strike would Dagger. You put the high maneuverability gin as one of those? Yeah, that's fair. Like I was thinking like a modified one, right? Like the Strike Dagger is just a dagger, right? No, it's that's just a fair. grunt. Uh, but there aren't a lot of those in non-universal uh, century media, right? I don't think it's as good as the high maneuverability gin. Be- actually, because of how understated it is and what it does, as- and especially because I'm looping the, hound- the the self-propelled artillery as part of the unit. That's fair. Um, I think I actually like it more than the high maneuverability, Jen. I don't. <laughs> um, no, I just like its design more. Uh, that said, I think the gym is still going to go pretty high. Because you like the gym in the first place, right? Yeah. Another gun the build fighters take out a Universal Century grunt suit. How do we think it compares to the Zaku Amazing? Not as good as the Zaku Amazing, I, I think, don't think it's but... as good as the Zaku Amazing. Okay, this is kind of a super grunt. How do we think it compares to the Brave? Interesting. I like the Brave a lot. I think um, I prefer the Jim Sniper K9 to the Brave, but that's also largely because I'm not a super fan of that. Like, the Brave is a little bit too sleek for me, and I also don't care for transforming mobile suits, as already said multiple times. And the the Jim Sniper K9, number one, you know, being so understated, as I said. Also, I love the fact that it's actually painted like camo. Like it is a sniper? Like it is a sniper. <laughs> um, I definitely prefer the Brave, though. I think we're getting close to the right spot. Uh, I was gonna. I actually prefer the gym. Okay. So um, it does suffer for not being piloted by a Virgo. but Or piloted by interesting characters. How do we think it compares to the GP Rays 2? Ogre's first mobile suit. Oh, the first one. Okay. I think I prefer the GP Rays. One, the color scheme's good. It's got the two giant fucking scimitars. I don't know. I just like that thing. Mm, I think I might prefer the Jim K9 here because I really like that understated aspect of it. And I like a sniper mobile suit. I think I also prefer the Jim K9, which makes the final question better or worse than the Gundam Love Phantom. I cannot imagine <laughs> a more different <laughs> comparison point. Um. I I was going to say, another thing Zach loves for completely different reasons. Man, this is really hard for me. I think I might have to give it to the the Gundam Love Phantom. I was actually going to say I think I'm going to give it to the gym just because I think it's like, the Love Phantom's a little over the top, even for me, a person who loves over the top nonsense. That's the hard part. It's so far over the top that I'm like, I want to just emphasize that one more than I like the understated sniper. Yeah, I think going completely against character, I'm going to agree with Tyler, and we're going to put the Jim (laughs) Sniper K9 above the Gundam Love Phantom. So it goes at number 36, very respectable, below the Zaku Amazing, and above the Gundam Love Phantom. I will admit, the Gundam Love Phantom also did get some points for having a better character in the pilot seat. (laughs) It's a shame the series is worse it's from. Yep. I think that'll do it for this episode. Anything else you guys want to say about it? I mean, this is another 
actually pretty good looking fight. Yeah, I was going to say this is probably the best fight we've gotten in a while, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I wouldn't say in a while, but I mean, I guess it depends on how it feels like a million years ago since I saw Polini or Fellini punch a Gundam's head off. So. Okay, I was three episodes ago. Yeah, I know. It was only like two or three episodes ago. Yeah, it wasn't that far ago, but. It's one fight ago. There's been one fight since then. Yep. The Mao one just dragged on. Oh, yeah. That's probably what happened. I tend to agree with that. Uh, So hopefully the fight in the next episode is just as good. We will be back next time with episode 19, A Stray's Blade. Podcast ended.